Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick of the Five Reasons Sports Network and the Five on the Floor podcast. Before we get to today's episode, I just want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's East Coast Public Adjusters, which has been in business since 1988. That's right, the same year that the Miami Heat were born. So you know that there's a level of trust there, and they want to let you know that you've got just nine months left to file your Irma claim. So even if you don't know, don't risk it. If you've got roof leaks, water stains, these are signs of possible Irma damage. At ECPA, we represent you, not the insurance company. So don't wait until it's too late. Call for a free inspection. Here's how you do it. Go to ecpaclaims.com. That's ecpaclaims.com. Or the other option, if you want to call, is 855-GET-ECPA. Again, that's 855-GET-ECPA. Just nine months left to file that Irma claim. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome into another episode of 5 on the Floor. I am your host tonight, Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954, on Twitter at Alphonse underscore Sydney underscore on Instagram, because it seems like a lot of people are following me on Instagram. And follow me because um, one of our sponsors, Jim Unity, uh, is actually helping me with my New Year's resolution, which is actually getting shape, <laughs> because I saw some pictures of me at Moss, Miami, and I was standing next to Dan Levitard, and I was like three times his size. So that wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I saw I was standing next to Izzy Gutierrez, and he had his guns out, and it really just made you me feel, shame. Yeah, it made me feel bad about myself. So check me out. Uh, check out at Jim Unity, uh, one of our sponsors. Uh, that's my friend Mark Decker. Uh, get all the information on Instagram. Also, that other voice you hear is Alex Toledo, aka at Tropical Blanket on Twitter. Uh, what are you on Instagram at Tropy Twenty Two or something? Yeah, yeah, you're really big on this whole tropical thing. I don't know. And now everybody says once at the same time, not again. <laughs> no, nah, man, people like you. Your tropical wet blanket. All right, so we're uh, we're coming to you uh, after the Heat beat the Blazers in Hassan's white Hassan Whiteside's return to the AAA. Um, he didn't get the greatest reception. Actually, when he when they announced him, Mike Biamonte did the whole Hassan Whiteside. He gave him the the big, uh, the big announce, and he had some cheers in the audience. Look, that was a savvy move by the Heat. Instead of you know going through the trouble of giving him a tribute video for the four years he spent here as a max player, they just said, "Hey, Mike, uh, do the old voice." Well, they said they only do tribute videos for champions, and I don't, I'm trying to we think. Confirm. We got to confirm. Yeah, that. Is there anybody? I mean, James Jones got one champion, LeBron champion, um, Chalmers. Man. Birdman, no. they yeah, all got I mean, uh, tribute videos. Josh didn't get one, right? No. 
But they, they, I so, mean, yeah, they will. This, give, might, this might be. This might be right. So Biamonte will give him the big voice, but no tribute. So he got some cheers and he got some boos. But then the rest of the game, nothing but boos every time he touched the ball. Um, they, there were some. Uh, we got shooters chance, which I was. Listen, it's petty, but I was almost. Um, <laughs> I was almost proud of the Heat crowd because we're not always the best at the chance. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, oh yeah. we were. As for 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 such a uh, uh, melting pot of people, we our rhythm on chance isn't very good at all. That's the we, thing. There's so many different ethnicities that the rhythm <laughs> is just slightly off. Like there's so, a little bit of a lag throughout the arena once these chants happen. Some people are on a samba beat. Some people are on a compa beat. <laughs> some yeah, people are you got some, some people are clapping on chata, one chata, <laughs> chata, reggaeton. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, we got the we, we had the we got shooters chant going. So all in all, it was I mean, no Jimmy Butler. I think a lot of people expected this to be an L. Um, but the Heat haven't lost two games in a row, and they've only lost one game at home. So this was a big bounce back from that really terrible Orlando Magic game, which none of which I don't even know if you can take anything away from that just because the shooting was just so awful. But so what did you see tonight, Alex, um, with this game? I mean, if anything, the last two games have done a pretty good job of summing up where the Heat stand right now, right? Because like you said, that Magic game has started to take away a lot from it just because it's one of those games, you know, the Heat, like I said, it's it, it's fitting that this loss came around the holidays because it happens every year, just like the holidays, and on multiple occasions, just like the holidays. The Heat lose the magic. It's what they do, guys. And they haven't had many bad losses, but what we figured out is they're a good team. They're not going to get these bad losses at home. They're going to get them on the road. They're going to get complacent. You know, these games are right in between big games, like against better teams. I think we're going to see a couple more of these, but it's not coming nearly at the rate we saw the past few years, so... I'm good with it, man. I, I I knew that game was happening. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I think we all kind of felt that one coming. And then, okay, so let's get to a few things. Um, we're not going to go through five things like we normally do. We're going to keep this one short and sweet. So there's three topics I want to hit on. The first one is, and you see the difference between the Orlando Magic game and tonight's game, three-point shooting. When the Heat are on, they win when they're off, they lose, right? They, they rely so much on the three. Tonight, Duncan Robinson couldn't get it going, but uh, Goran Dragic basically stole all those powers like the Monstars and Space Jam, and he was 7 of 10 from three. What did you see from the three-point shooting tonight? Yeah, I mean, tonight we were talking about it earlier. It really just looked like last year's team, except with shooting in the mix. And it's like, hmm, not a bad team. This team could have won 44 last year. Uh, it looked a lot easier for them this year than it did last. But, yeah, even with Duncan not having such a great night from three, you know, you got three threes from Myers' revenge game. Uh, and Goron just had probably one of the best games of his career. Uh, <laughs> from three, probably, yeah. No, just overall. Like, he put up, you know, 29 points, 13 assists on 11 of 17 from the field, 7 of 10 from three. You know, uh, we got the best of Goron tonight. And a statement game from Goran Dragic? <laughs> I mean, it, it, they needed it without Jimmy tonight, right? So it, He said, it, I it, was the best player all these years, not <laughs> not the Max guy. Well, it's it's cool to see that without Jimmy, different guys are going to step up. And it's been happening all season. All season, different guys have stepped up. 
you've you've seen that they're the the leading score every night has been different. You had seven, you had eight guys play tonight, and you had seven guys in double figures. So the ball was spread around. Goran took over. Bam was incredible. What did Bam have tonight? Um, Twenty-eight and six. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a, another ridiculous stat line from Bam. Um, so. The three-point oh, shooting. Got to add in the steal and block as well. It's just part of what Bam does. Guaranteed. And he blocked Hassan right at the rim, which is <laughs> which is pretty damn cool. And the, and the Heat actually put that on their Instagram, which uh, Team Petty, let's go. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about is we have been talking, I mean, for weeks now about the rotation, the rotation, the rotation. Where can they get some help? And tonight – with Jimmy out, they got help off the bench from a guy that both me and you have been asking, why hasn't he been getting minutes? Listen, Deion Waiters? <laughs> we were both hoping for a Dion game. But, no. Oh, man, James so much Johnson. anticipation. We, James Johnson came off the bench tonight, played great defense. First thing he did was hit a three in Hassan's face. Um, they, they had a couple small ball lineups where he played the center position. He created – he passed, he defended, he scored. He did all the he did all the James Johnson things. He didn't throw the ball into the third row because he, he usually does that once a game. But I'm guessing we'll we'll see that from him another game. But James Johnson. Oh, you, oh you just wait. Yeah, he'll give it to you. James Johnson comes in tonight. Um, he had some great comments after the game, just talking about Listen, on a on a bad team, he might be upset about not playing, but on a team this good, he's basically a fan on the bench. He's just enjoying the other guy's uh, opportunity, the other guy's success, and he's just going to stay ready, be ready when his name is called. He said he, – he, I don't know if you heard this. He didn't even have a conversation with Spolstra before the game. Spolstra didn't even come to him and say, hey, I'm going to need you tonight. He just looked down the, looked down the bench and said, uh, J.J., come on. And he was I ready to it. go. Spo is totally the teacher who tries to pick on certain students who don't usually do as well to try to test them to see if they're really making progress. Like, they'll, you know, they'll hit you with a, the, the random question. Let's see if you're paying attention. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember the, the time Beasley had on warm-up shorts? Uh, oh, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't think he was coming into the game. But anyway, um, but with the James Johnson conversation – comes another conversation about a guy who was left on the bench who had been part of that eight-man rotation the la- uh, last few weeks, Kelly Olenek, who has been struggling mightily lately. Um, and it's not even the offense because he hit, he's been hitting a couple timely threes, but there's times when they go to that zone where he just looks completely lost, right? And Spose said it's because the Blazers played uh, four guards tonight. It just wasn't a night that he could get Kelly into the game. Do you think that's all it was, or do you think Spo has looked at the way KO has been playing and said, I need to get something something from somebody else tonight? So I think there's almost no way you can deny that Kelly has been on the downward spiral just as far as his minutes and playing time and role goes. Uh, like, I do believe Spo about, you know, them playing so many guards because that's what they do. Like, they, they got a million guards out there at all times. Even when CJ McCollum is playing, I've seen them run lineups with Dame, CJ McCollum, you know, Anthony Simons, they'll throw in a Baysmore or a Rodney Hood in there and and Whiteside or something like that. And like, So, yeah, I definitely get why Kelly didn't play tonight. But at the same time, the guy's been shooting 40% from three all year. You're playing this limited short rotation that's going to tire guys out. 
as the season goes on. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. And I'm not going to be the guy to question Spo because obviously he's very good at what he does. He's in the top, top tier of what he does. And I'm just some random schlub. <laughs> but yeah, it, like I definitely think Kelly could still get some playing time going forward, especially when Justice comes back. It's something I've repeatedly said with Ethan. Uh, I want to see him in that bench lineup that was working so well before Justice got hurt. They were playing so well together, and it's just been gone down ever since. But the way, the way he's moved defensively, and I listen, I don't have any inside information. It looks like there there might be an injury there. Maybe the knee is still bothering from the uh, the injury this summer. Um, in the with, with the Canadian team, it just he does not look right defensively. Like he looks lost. He looks a step slow. Where whereas Kelly, when you used to be you used to be able to play Kelly and Bam together, and I mean your offensive rating would go through the roof. And See, but defense, that's the thing. Like, how much have they played together? I mean, they haven't. He's been bad, and it's it's gotten. To the I haven't actually where, seen the Kelly Bam numbers this year, but. I mean, I'm, not, I'm only talking the last like, maybe three or four games, and you've seen uh, Spo actually go to Myers in the second quarter and the fourth quarter, where most of the year, for maybe the first 25 games, you never saw Myers come in. When he when he left in the first and when he left in the third, he never came back in the game. He's calling Myers back into the game because Kelly just can't cut it right now. And today Myers came back in again and he used JJ at the five. So I think that's something to look for look 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 at something to look at going forward. What's going on with Kelly Olenek? Is he um is he I don't think he's in the doghouse, but I think there's something not quite right there. I just don't think I just don't think he's either quite healthy or there's just something going on. It's just something that I think that we look at going forward because I know I, we know that Spo trusts Kelly, and when we've we've seen Kelly go through slumps in the past and and break himself out of it. So I'm yeah, I can certainly sure. see this being something that we look back on and kind of forget about. Just like last year, remember when we were talking about are they doing this to shorten the money needed yeah. and to, you know to reach that limit of games or whatever to reach the incentive on his contract. Are they trying to avoid the luxury tax? He ended up being a part of that rotation in the second half of the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that took place the same way again. Yeah, I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed that Dion didn't play. And maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. I wasn't really surprised. But, oh, man, tonight felt like the night. Tonight felt like the Dion night. So Justice without uh, Jimmy. Come on, man. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is – uh, before we wrap this up, like I said, this is going to be a quick one. Um, Derek uh, Derek Jones Jr. 
once again called on to guard the other team's best player with, with the absence of Justice Winslow. Jimmy Butler's out. So your best perimeter defender right now is Derrick Jones Jr. And once again, listen, I know Dame went off, but some of those shots, you couldn't have defended them any better. What do you see out of DJJ lately? He's just become a guy that Spo goes to and says, listen, this guy's going off. Can you give me a stop? And a lot of times he's been able to go in there and get you those stops. So uh, we were actually talking about this tonight. I love what Spo has turned DJJ into, right? Like he sees exactly where he can get value out of DJJ's skill set, right? Like he's using them at a point of attack defender on point guards who can shoot and who have a quick release. And and if, you know, you get a screen on them, they're going to put that shot up and – DJJ's length and athleticism is a perfect counter to that because that's the modern NBA offense for these types of point guards. He did the same thing versus Trey Young, right? Didn't he? Wasn't DJJ ding up Trey Young yeah. those past couple times they played? And it's the same concept, right? Because they Trey Young is is diet Dame Leonard, where they're both pulling up from behind the arc all the time. They have a arsenal of ways that they can get to that pull up shot, and and it's something that we said before about Justice when uh, when they played the Raptors. And he did such a great job on Lowry and Van Vliet, which was using that length to bother pull-up shooters, which is something that the Heat are susceptible to because of the drop scheme that they deploy. And I think DJJ is, like I said, just the perfect counter to that. And he's doing so many other things out there as a hustle player, energy player, giving them pretty much easy dunks multiple times a game. I just think he's become a very useful player for them. And he's kind of a lock as a rotation player for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, there's no way um, he ends up out of the rotation at any point just because of the way he's defending. The motor on – you talked about his motor tonight while we were watching the game. He, it's, it's, it's akin to BAM where these guys just do not stop. And it's, it's put, they put so much pressure on both offensively and defensively because they just never stop moving. And then another thing Spo said today in, in, in the, uh, after the game in the press conference is just how much stronger that he's gotten. And we've, we've seen him take some hard falls uh, this year and last year. But last year, it seemed like some of those falls would put him out for a few games. This year, he's getting back up. He's taking the hit. He's finishing through contact a lot, which I which is one of the biggest surprises for me. He's able to finish through, finish through people where, was last, where last year, a lot of times, he was just really gangly, throwing the ball there. It would hit the backboard. And then and he would hit the ground. Up. Yeah, he'd hit the ground super hard, and he'd be slow to get up. This year, he's bouncing back up. He's finishing in traffic. So Spo gave him a lot of credit. But he did have said, a moment tonight where he was slow to get up, and he was limping for a couple minutes. But, uh, no, you're 100% right. Like, he's 100% gotten stronger. It's not necessarily the arms. because <laughs> You look at him, and he's still skinny, right? Well, Spo said he still has a way to go. I mean, but <laughs> listen. He but, just, yeah, like, I think his core has gotten stronger because you notice it game game after game. Like, he is aggressive now. Like, he he doesn't mind taking a three. He doesn't mind going right at the rim and trying to hang there at the rim. And even if he's not finishing it, like, he had to play tonight where he got up, hang at the rim. There was, like, two or three defenders there in the paint, and he pulled off a tough shot, I mean, a tough pass to a wide-open Kendrick Nunn. And the pass was tough because of just all the guys that were surrounding there in the paint, even though none was wide open. And, you know, just making simple plays like that off of confidence, making plays that maybe he wasn't making the past couple of years, you know, he's showing growth gradually in other places, right? Maybe next he should 
hit the gym a little bit more, but what do I know? Well, he had a step back three tonight, which was Oh yeah. Which is not something we expect from him. And we we talked about it while we were watching the game. Him, both him and Bam have become so much more aggressive um this and year. And they're both like adding new stuff all the time now, like as the season goes on. It's pretty yeah, cool. it's it is it's, and like and I even said it maybe tonight was a night they needed to uh have Jimmy Butler out. First of all, Jimmy needs a damn rest, right? Because there's been so much put on his shoulders uh, with Goran missing so much time and with Justice missing so much time. And just like at the beginning of the year when we talked about these guys needed to gain confidence without Jimmy, this was another really good game where the guys – where maybe these guys had to get back to moving the ball, rotating the ball, um, working to get open, doing different things and not just relying, okay, hey, let's just hold this lead until Jimmy comes back in the game. Because that's what it's felt like a lot. A lot of times it feels like we uh, Jimmy builds a nine-point lead, they go to the bench, and then by the time Jimmy comes back, they're down three. And then Jimmy gets them back in. So maybe this was something that the, the team needed. Hopefully Jimmy's back uh, next game. But um, I think that kind of wraps it up, man. Not, tonight was a uh, – Tonight was a short night. We actually got home at a decent time. Do you want to put – yeah, we left the arena around 9, which is incredible because I usually don't leave the arena until almost, you know, after midnight. So we're so, petitioning yeah. for more 6 o'clock games, please. Yeah, I'm sure they'll listen to us. But yeah. do you want to put a punctuation on the Hassan Whiteside area in Miami now that the return is over and, you know, just kind of all the dust is settled? Uh, the punctuation is Hassan Whiteside flexing down 16 – <laughs> in the fourth quarter and the crowd booing the living shit out of him. That's, that's the punctuation. Is that, is that a thing that happened for real? Yeah. You didn't see oh, that? Man. No, I missed that. I don't know. It was the third or the fourth. He Down 16, he gets an and one and he flexes and it was just like, come on, Hassan, man. And then also watching him and Carmelo fight over rebounds is pretty damn funny, too. Oh, man, that is one of the best shows in the NBA right now. That is, like, that is worth the price of admission alone, even without Dame Lillard playing. But one thing I got to ask you, where do you come down after seeing Hassan Whiteside's postgame comments where he's kind of walking back the We Got Shooter stuff where he's pretty much reiterating over and over again. It was never meant as a diss to the Heat guys. It was just celebrating the fact that, you know, the guys he was going to play with Damon CJ being so good, he's like, oh, I could have gone to a team without shooters. And no. I think something that was kind of omitted there was him saying, we got shooters that can actually dribble. <laughs> like, yeah. They, <laughs> like, that was where you were implying the heat, bro. <laughs> that was – that. I, listen, he said the right things. He was a very mature interview after the game, right? And you were right there. You got it on film. A very mature interview. He said the right things. But I'm calling complete BS on the whole fact that the We Got Shooters was not was not a shot at the Miami Heat. He talked about the fact that he could dribble. Talk he's gonna be a talk about he's gonna be a point center this year. He's averaging what one point five assists a game. Career high. Give the man his credit. Okay. Anyway, like I, I'm not, you know, I'm not like a, a huge Hassan basher, but I mean, listen, we know where that came from. Ellie Leonard, uh, Myers Leonard's wife, uh, had a. Uh, had a tweet tonight. Uh, Ethan asked her, hey, we got shooters. And she said, no, we got winners. And I think that's a way to punctuate this one. So you're telling me the 21 and 18 didn't uh, didn't end up with a W for Hassan? Yeah, those the 21-18 the and two blocks 
You know what? He, he got his 2K rating up. Man, if only Spoke cared about it. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.